0: Today on Let
1: the Bible Speak.
0: Are we building our own houses while God's house lies in ruins? Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, a half-hour time of Bible study. That is our only mission here, to point you to the Word of God for the answers to life's questions. We are not here to solve the world's political problems. We don't deal in politics on this program. We're not here to review the book of the month, but rather to preach the book of the ages, and that is all. And we're not here for your money. You will never hear us solicit donations, nor will we ever mail you anything asking for money. And we won't try to sell you anything. The only thing we desire from you is a few moments of your time and your undivided attention to the Word of God. Our scripture reading today comes from the Old Testament book of Haggai. Haggai was one of the minor prophets. Minor not because his message was minor or unimportant, quite the contrary. but Rather because his prophecy is one of the shorter prophecies in the Old Testament. It is a major message. He prophesied after the people returned from captivity to their burned-out city of Jerusalem and their destroyed temple. The people, however, were not doing what God wanted them to do. And this is Haggai's indictment, recorded in Haggai chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The scripture says, In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much, and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways, go up to the mountains, and bring wood, and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it, and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little, and when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. So reads Haggai chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Haggai's message was not only needed in his own day, it's needed in ours as well. Our sermon today is The Lord's House in Ruins after a song from the congregation.
1: Let the Lord be praised, O
0: About 600 years before Christ, Judah was captured and carried off to Babylon. Jerusalem and its holy temple was plundered and burned. Seventy years later, the Jews were allowed to return home. They faced the daunting task of rebuilding the city and their lives. It was God's intention for them to rebuild the temple. In fact, God caused Cyrus to allow them to do just that. But Once the people got to Jerusalem, they had other priorities, and other things began to take precedence over God's house. Instead, they set into rebuilding their own homes, while the temple still lay in ruins. So God sent His prophet Haggai to them with the simple message to get busy and build the temple. The Jews had procrastinated about rebuilding the Lord's house, though, and they made excuses and they tried to rationalize their decision. In fact, the Bible says in Haggai 1 and verse 2 that they said, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. The reason they thought the time had not come was because they were more concerned about putting a roof over their own heads. Simply stated, they put building their own homes before building the Lord's house. So, in verses 3 through 6, Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? A paneled house simply refers to an enclosed home, protected from the sun and from the rain, and so forth. And this temple to lie in ruins? In other words, they were more worried about making a comfortable place for them to live and allowing the precious things of the temple to be exposed to the elements. The number one concern was where they were going to live and how comfortable they were And, well, the service of the Lord, that could be attended to at some other time. We'll just get by where that's concerned. Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Now, what he means by all of that is that they had been working on things and in the big scheme of things didn't really matter and they were neglecting the things that were of supreme importance. So they were earning wages to put into a bag with holes. Now, Isn't that what many of us are doing today? Are we spending most of our time and energy trying to accumulate things, possessions, that at the end of the day will be worthless? Don't we worry about maintaining this body that one day is going to die and decay? Don't we worry about putting a roof over our heads that is only going to last for a number of years and then it will be gone. And in the process, don't we forget about judgment and eternity and think only about the here and now or at best a a few years down the road? Remember Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also, Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. Where's your treasure today? Where is your heart? Well, I can tell you where your heart is. It's wherever your treasure is. And so you need to ask yourself the question, where is my real treasure in life? What am I working for? You see, we're working for wages to put into a bag with holes so often. That's what the Jews were doing and being more concerned about the houses in which they lived than they were the house that God dwelled in. And Haggai goes on to illustrate the terrible mess they were in because of their attitude towards spiritual matters. It was a sorry state of affairs in Judah because they were placing their own lives and their own interests above the Lord's house. Well, the preaching of Haggai proved successful because the people humbly listened and they obeyed and they set out to complete the construction of the temple. Well, we today are faced with a similar task. I'm, of course, not talking about building a physical structure But I mean the task of building up God's house, the church. Building up the kingdom of Christ in our own heart and in the hearts of others. No, There's something to be said for the fact that if the church has a place to meet, it ought to take care of that place. It, It tells me something about a church when I see its members living in nice homes and keeping their grass cut and the place looking nice and then see the place where they gather for worship looking neglected and dilapidated. But with that said, friend, the church itself is not a building. And I'm not talking about a building today. It has nothing to do with the building. Now, back in the Old Testament, God dwelt in a physical place. When the Israelites carried the tabernacle about, God's presence with the Ark of the Covenant followed them about throughout the wilderness. Much later, when Solomon built the temple, the Shekinah glory came down and filled it. And it was where God dwelt among His people, Israel, there in Jerusalem. Now, in this New Testament dispensation, the temple of God is the church, which, again, is not the place where the church meets, but rather it's the group of people itself that gather and join together in the work and worship of God in that community or in that place. And when it comes to building that house, that spiritual house, there's always much to do. Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 16 and 17 refers to the local church as the temple of God, That group of people constitutes a spiritual structure which we are to build up and maintain for God's dwelling. Its foundation is Christ and his apostles and prophets, according to Ephesians chapter 2. It grows as the gospel is preached and souls are converted by that preaching. And it builds itself up in love when that church is functioning as it should with each member supplying its part and edifying itself. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 God has placed the charge to build up and maintain his church in our hands. So is Haggai's message to Judah then applicable to us today? I ask the question along with the prophet, Does the Lord's house lie in ruins while we run to our own homes, as the prophet said of them so long ago? I'm afraid in many places and in many a life that's exactly the case. From the greatest cancer on the church, particularly in America today, so far as I'm concerned, is apathy. Now you may have your own list of things that you think are wrong with the church today, congregations of the church today. You may say, no, our problem is sin and immorality getting into the church. Well, that's because of our indifference. You know, if we were really interested in serving the Lord and we spent our time being led and transformed by His word, we wouldn't see people in the church living immorally. You say, well, the problem is worldliness. If the church weren't so worldly, oh, and why has the church become so worldly? And it has. Do you suppose it's because we spend more time in the things of the world than we do in the things of Christ? I'm sure there's one reason, a major reason. It doesn't take much to see that connection, does it? Paul said to the Corinthians, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 1. The word carnal means they were earthly-minded. And consequently, the church in Corinth was in, was spiritually in ruins at that time. The Corinthians were controlled by the culture around them, the wickedness of the city of Corinth had influenced the church. They were not a spiritually-minded people, but rather they were a worldly-minded church. And it manifests itself in all kinds of different ways according to Paul's first letter to them. So I ask today, are we spiritually-minded? Do we set out to build up the Lord's house first, or we run to our own homes while the Lord's house lies in ruins? What kinds of things does your mind dwell on? Are you obsessed with what's, for example, going on in the world around you, or are you obsessed with what's going on in the kingdom of God? What occupies your attention? Do you spend more time in the newspaper or maybe on Facebook or Instagram than you do reading and studying the Word of God? Or what kinds of things do you get excited about? Do you you lose sleep over what you saw in the evening news? Or do you perhaps lose sleep because the word of God convicted you of some sin in your life? Do you get more excited about your favorite football team and whether they win or lose than you do over whether the church grows or declines? Uh, Are you more likely to talk to someone about politics, sports, business, hunting, or fishing than you are to talk to them about the Lord Jesus and the church for which he died? Where does most of your time go? There are 168 hours in a week. Do you even spend one of those hours every week with the local church in worship? You know, statistics show the majority of people in America no longer attend church services on a weekly basis, and a growing number of people rarely, if ever, attend. And I'm just talking about an hour or two on Sunday morning. Out of a hundred and sixty-eight hours in a week, an hour or two on Sunday morning—never mind Sunday night or Wednesday night or whatever other time the church might call itself together to be uh, edified, to work, and to preach. Other times the church gathers in its work. You know, most people today don't put forth much effort to be there on Sunday morning, and we wonder why news reports tell us that we're living in quote post-Christian America. Friend, that's not the world's fault. It is the church's fault. It's because in trying to keep up in the rat race we've created over the past century, we have allowed the Lord's house to lie in ruins while we run to our own homes. That's the principle that was taking place in ancient Judah, and it's taking place in the Lord's church today. Notice how the people then reasoned. They said, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. In other words, we'll get to that eventually. The time is just not now. Let's get our own homes rebuilt and secured, and then the time will be right, perhaps, to build the Lord's house. Isn't that the way we often reason today? I would serve the Lord and be faithful in the church, but I just don't have the time, you see. I would be faithful in my service to God more than I am, but you know, a man must work. A person must feed their family. A person needs an education so they can do those things. Listen, friend, I don't deny that a man needs to work, and I'm all for education. In fact, the Bible says that if a man refuses to work and provide for his own, he's worse than an infidel and has denied the faith, First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. Work is a necessary thing in life, and we even ought to take joy in the opportunity to work. A man who won't provide for his family isn't worth the salt that goes in his bread. But listen, Jesus taught that the things of life must be arranged by priorities. There are many things that are important in their own right. We don't deny that. But you see, there are other things that are even more important. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31-33, through 33, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now is the Lord saying that a person doesn't have the responsibility to work? Well, of course not. He's not telling us just to sit back and wait for God to rain manna down from heaven. But he's talking about priorities. And he makes a sacred and a wonderful promise to the person who seeks the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God before he seeks anything else in life. And that promise is that if he does that, everything else he needs in life will find its rightful place. God will see to it that we can provide for those necessary things in life if we seek and put first his kingdom. That's called living by faith. It's not standing around waiting for God to do it for us, but it's putting him before the physical things of life and trusting him to make those other things possible and available. Now the Bible says in Hebrews 10 verse 25 that Christians are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner or habit of some. But rather, the apostle says, we're to regularly come together as a church to edify and encourage, exhort one another. The early disciples saw the first day of every week, Sunday, the Lord's Day, as an opportunity to come together and eat the Lord's Supper, according to Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. Now, what if that conflicts with my workplace? Does it occur to us when we take that job that perhaps we should make it clear that we're a Christian before we're anything else? We're part of the church. And we have an appointment with God and with his people on that day. That's a, that's a sacred appointment and a sacred time in our life every week. There are plenty of people who have no devotion to religious life who can work that shift on Sunday. Now, it may very well be that you may have to go somewhere else and find another job. But didn't Jesus say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you? Do you live by faith? Do you trust what God says? You know, David once said that he had lived a long time and had never seen the righteous forsaken by God or his people begging for bread. I've preached a long time, and I've seen many Christians have to make some hard decisions when it came to a job or a college career or many other things in order to put their loyalty to Christ and to the church first in their life. I've seen Christians be forced to leave a job and find another. I'm not saying that it's easy. But I can tell you this, in 30 years of preaching, I've never seen a Christian go without the necessities of physical life. Never. I've never seen them go without those things because they chose to put Christ first and do what they had to do to be faithful in the church. You may say, well, others can worship. My job forces me to make an exception. Or you can just fill in the blank with whatever it is that prevents your service to Christ in any regard. But the question is, if your job or whatever it may be forces you to make an exception in your duty to God, why doesn't it force others to make the same exceptions? And how many does it take before the church is abandoned altogether? The point I'm making is this. If you're a member of the church, you, my friend, are just as necessary and important as the next Christian is. And if you're not, you need to examine your Christian life and your dedication to Christ in other ways as well. Again, are we dwelling in paneled homes and letting the Lord's house lie in ruins. Haggai tells the people to consider their ways. Things were not well with them spiritually, and it was because their priorities were all out of kelter. Everything they set out to do ended up being for nothing, because they were neglecting the house of God. Now, Perhaps there's a reason for the spiritual drought that might exist in your life today. Have you stopped to think about that? Perhaps you find it very hard to live a Christian life and remain unspotted from the world. Well, are you attending to spiritual things in your life? Maybe you need to spend more time exposing yourself to the word of God and more time around God's people, more time in a place where you can find encouragement in spiritual matters and in living the Christian life. Maybe you're just too caught up in the things of the world to begin with, and it's pulled you away from Christ or from the pursuit of His righteousness. Are you a Christian, and yet you've neglected the house of God? Have you run to your paneled home and let the Lord's house lie in ruins? Friends, the church desperately needs revival today. We preach that all of the time. We hear that. Many of us acknowledge that. The church needs revival. Literally, in many places today, the Lord's house lies in ruins. The state we find the church in, in many, many places, though, listen, friend, it is not the world's responsibility. Don't say, well, if the world ever straightens up and becomes a more spiritual place, then people will return to church and we'll see a revival. If we can just get out here and reform the world, then we'll see a revival in the church. No, it doesn't work that way. Revival starts in the church. The world will never become a more spiritual place. It's up to the church to be a spiritual place and consequently to influence the world outside of it. Revival in the church Raising up the ruins of God's house and building it into a beautiful temple for the Lord as God intends in every community and every congregation from heart to heart and life to life that relies upon the church itself. And if it relies on the church itself, it relies upon you and it relies upon me if I claim to be a member of that church. You know, the question that maybe we should ask ourselves today is, what if everyone in the church were just like me? You ever thought about that? If everyone in the church were just like me, what would the church look like? What would it be like? Would the church meet every Sunday? Could it meet every Sunday, like the Lord has appointed for it to do? If everyone gave as much time to the church as I devote, would anything ever get done? Would the church even have a program of work, evangelism, edification? What if everyone contributed to the church? Yes, money. Time as much as I do. Would the church have the means to do its work? What if everyone were as strong spiritually as I'm trying to be today? Would the church be strong and vital or weak and flailing? Would it die altogether? You see, it is up to you and it is up to me if we're members of his body. Let us consider our ways. Are we building our own homes? while the Lord's house is in ruins? Does the prophet's ancient words describe the spiritual state of affairs in your life? Have you been building your own house while the house of the Lord lies in ruins? Well, Today I hope that you will have a renewed resolve to attend to things that are eternal, to put emphasis upon things that will last instead of building up those things that will very soon perish. If we can help you in getting your spiritual house in order, if we can study the scriptures with you and help you in obedience to the gospel, and beginning a life of service to Christ and putting him first in your life, we would be happy to disciple you and to counsel with you and help you in that. If you would like to have a free copy of our lesson so you can go back and review it or share it with others, we'll be happy to send you a free printed copy. Just get in touch with us and ask for the lesson, Is the Lord's House in Ruins?, and we will send that copy to you. Remember, we're online at ltbstv.org. We're on social media, so be sure to like and follow us on the various platforms such as Facebook and YouTube. And won't you help us spread the word about Let the Bible Speak? Tell someone else that we're on the air and encourage them to watch next time. And we hope that you'll make your plans to be back with us when we open up God's Word again together. Until then, have a wonderful week ahead. And may the Lord bless you according to His will. Let the Bible Speak is brought to you by the Church of Christ. For more information,
1: including our past broadcast and sermon transcripts, visit ltbstv.org.